Well, I hope, I hope you had a blessed week, and I hope you're having fun. I've been saying it a lot lately, but I wanted to get it into your head. If you're not having fun living for the Lord, you're doing it wrong. We should be the happiest people on the planet. And, and even though we go through, look, the whole planet goes through trials and tribulations. If you're human, you're going to have problems. That's all there is to it. But we get to walk, if you walk in faith, the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you just trust him and trust his word, uh, what a wonderful, we don't have to walk through our troubles and trials alone. We don't have to celebrate our victories alone. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to have plenty of victories in life, uh, plenty of high points, plenty of low points. It's all part of life. Uh, Jesus said as much. But, but man, what, if, if there should be anyone on the planet that can celebrate, it should be the children of God. And if there's a, a reason for anyone on a Sunday morning to get happy and celebrate, it should be the people of God. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sometimes you just got to speak it out and say it out. Uh, and, and, you know, really, if you think about it, look, you, you went through the effort of getting yourself up early on a Sunday morning, getting yourself showered. Hopefully you got yourself showered. You know, got yourself up here. So you might as well just have some church and uh, sit and relax and uh, receive everything that God has for you. So uh, what a beautiful atmosphere of praise that we had in the house and uh, you know, a beautiful atmosphere of his presence uh, and his presence is fullness of joy, the Bible says. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Uh, we serve a good God. Uh, we're going to be talking today about the after part three, the after part three. We're going to wrap up. It's just some, some meditative thoughts that we had concerning the 40 days after Jesus was resurrected. He stuck around for 40 days before his ascension, uh, and he still did many things, said many things uh, that we can glean from. And, and this is really just kind of uh, the, the tip of the iceberg on that. But it, it's a good continuation after, you know, we, we had a whole month talking about the resurrection and meditative thoughts dealing with the resurrection that led us up to Resurrection Sunday and so since then, we've been talking about the after. What are some of the things that took place afterwards? Here pretty soon, within the, the next few weeks, we're actually going to talk about uh, Pentecost Sunday, which is really the birthday of the church. If you were part of the body of God or the greater church uh, of, of Christ, not, not the denomination per se. Some of y'all came from the Church of Christ denomination, but meaning the, the greater church of believers, the gathering of believers uh, all across this world our birthday is actually on Pentecost Sunday. That's, that was the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit empowered the early believers to, to go. And, and matter of fact, Peter preached the first uh, sermon uh, of the, for the church. And it must have been a really good sermon because about 2,000 people got saved that day. And uh, hadn't, I hadn't, hadn't quite achieved that in my ministry career. But, uh, you know, hey, there's, all, there's still time, right? There's still time, hopefully. Uh, so, so, but we're going to talk about the, the incredible impact of what does Pentecost mean. And that's actually May 23rd is, was Pentecost Sunday this year. It really just means 50, 50th day. It was 50 days after Passover. And so there's, there's some incredible, incredible study of what took place when the first Passover took place in Egypt. And 50 days later, I'm, man, I'm getting ahead of myself, weeks ahead of myself, but this is good, it's good meaty stuff, 50 days later. Uh, which would have been the first, quote, Pentecost, per se, uh, God gave Moses, began to give Moses the law. And so, so there's an establishment that takes place. Uh, 50 days after Passover, 
which was what was taking place at the time of the crucifixion, there was an establishing that took place on Pentecost. He established his church. So there's some really, really cool things we're going to get into for, for a few weeks leading up to Pentecost. Uh, so uh, just, just get geared up for that. That's exciting. It's really cool things. Uh, but for right now, we're, I want to talk to us today about abiding peace, peace that sticks with you. We have access to it. Matter of fact, that was his parting gift. He said it. He mentioned it even before the crucifixion. He said, by the way, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a parting gift. I mean, he could have left us anything. He could have left us, ooh, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power. You need power. Or I'm going to give you authority. Or I'm going to give you revelation knowledge. Or I'm going to give you a a really nice-sized church building on the other side of Jerusalem. He didn't say any of that. He said, hey, I've got a parting piece, and I'm going to give it to you. And it's actually a third of the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven isn't about eating and drinking or rules and regulations and customs, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so, so he actually left us a third of his kingdom that he imparted to us, right? Uh, so we're going to read that. We're going to hop over to John chapter 14. He was giving us a clue of what he was going to leave us at the time of his ascension. He said, I'm going to leave you a parting gift. He said, peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. This is actually reading from the Amplified. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In other words, what he's saying, I love how the Amplified breaks that down. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Man, that just, you, you know, Facebook just shut down right there, right? <laughs> it, like the server crashed. And do not permit yourselves. Okay, who's permitting who? He said, you don't permit yourself. So I need to stop permitting myself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. All right, we can all go home. Jesus just preached the sermon, man. That's like, wow. Wow. He said, look, I'm leaving my peace with you. That's some crazy peace. That was peace that he had when he stood up and calmed the storm. You remember that story? Jesus was sleeping in the boat. The disciples, they were sailing across the Sea of Galilee. All of a sudden, a big wind storm came, and you know, the waves started white capping and started cresting over the boat, and they, they all started panicking. And not only that, and, and the, the Lord showed me... They, they were, re they were reacting to the situation. They were reacting to the storm of life. And then and a lot of times when we react, you know, they, they actually accused Jesus. They woke up, they said, Jesus, wake up. You don't even care if we're going to die. So they actually accused him falsely, you know? And that's what we do when we act, when, when we react, when, when we allow ourselves to be agitated and disturbed and we permit ourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. We react, don't we? We react out of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. When you trust God, you get to be the one sleeping in the boat. 
The storm's out there, you may be aware of it, but you're, Lord, you're going to take care of it. But when we, when we live in fear, we react. We respond to the situation. Someone says something that doesn't sit well with us, we react to it. And then there's accusations. There's false ac- or incorrect accusations. They accuse Jesus of not caring if they lived or died. What a crazy thought. Yet, that's where they were. Jesus woke up and he responded. Why? Because he had peace. He had faith. He said, peace, be still. And then he turned around and told, looked at the guys and said, why do you have such little faith? So when you're operating in faith, when you just believe God, trust, you don't, it's not a matter of believing in God, but it's a matter of believing God, believing his word. Oh, you have peace. It's his peace. That was some crazy peace. That was peace that he had when he was on trial and being falsely accused knowing what he was about to face. It was peace that he wound up finding again in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was starting to get a little agitated and stressed because he knew exactly what he was about to have to face. And he said, Lord, if there's any way that you can take this cup away from me, I don't want to have to drink this. But then he found the peace. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I I know this is your will. It's not going to be fun, but you're going to take care of it. Peace. He said, my peace. I give it to you. And he has the authority to do that. In the book of Mark, one of the first things he said to his disciples after he was resurrected was, all authority on heaven and, uh, under heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. All authority. Y'all hear me say it sometimes. You know what the Greek word for all, you know what it means? All. <laughs> all authority. So if there's any authority, that's why we don't need, look, Let's get involved in politics. Let's, let's get involved in our civil duties and vote and all that stuff. But don't lose your mind, you know, when, when certain folks get in office or when other folks are elected as judge or different officials or whatever, or, or different things take place. You know, here within the next few years, you know, the inmates are going to get to, like, sit on the HOA board. Whoo, God help us, right? The, those, are, those of us who live in the neighborhood are actually going to get to participate within the, the HOA as, as things kind of morph, and, and it's all part of the, the document here in, in Viridian. And, and don't even flip out over that, freak out. Why? Because all authority under heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And Jesus even told Pilate, he said, because Pilate said, don't you realize I got the authority? I could, I could set you free right now. And he said, he said uh, the only authority you have is whatever the authority my father has given you. It all comes from God. So, so if you could even have peace in that, he said, my peace, the peace that he walked in, I'm going to give to you as a parting gift. That's some great peace that we have access to via the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Now, why is it that we freak out? Some of the people that get the most emotional and respond and, or react the worst on the planet are Christians. Why? Man, we should be the most peaceful. It doesn't mean that we don't respond and, and take action as needed, but we don't have to react and let our emotions get, get the better of us. So how, and not only that, if, if the world didn't give us this peace, the world can't take it away. If Jesus gave you peace, who has the authority to take it away from you? So we need to stop giving our peace away. We need to hold our peace, as they say, Right? In all, in all situations, learn, we've been talking about it in men's Bible study for months. We have to learn to pause because things want to take our peace. Things, and, and, and we so easily give it away. 
something happens and you know what, you know what, here, take my peace. I'm about to say something, <laughs> you know? No, hold it. Just hold your peace. Just stay calm for a minute. How do I do that? How do, how do I receive his peace? Well, let's talk about it really quick. Philippians chapter 4, we all, we all know this, but it's simple instructions. He didn't make his word complex, you know? It's pretty easy, at least to read. Now, implementing it sometimes <laughs> can be a little hard uh, because we, we have to deal with our flesh sometimes, don't we? But he says this, Philippians chapter 6, or chapter 4, verse 6, uh, a reading from the Amplified, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Here we, here we go again. He's not suggesting it. He's, he's commanding it. Woo, let me tell you, I've, I've, I had three different occasions this week. I, get to, I got to try to, like, pretty much the Lord said, hey, I, I'm going to give you a sermon. Oh, by the way, you get to, like, practice it before you preach it. So, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, that's definite, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known. So, so here, here's what verse 6 says. He says, don't freak out about anything. Okay, something crops up, d don't lose it. Hold your peace, stay calm. And then with definitive, a definite request, be specific and talk to God about it. And have thanksgiving, be grateful be grateful for what he's already done. Have an attitude of gratitude, right? And he says, he says, go ahead and make your wants known to God. There's nothing. I don't care if you talk to him about it every single day. You know, some people say, well, that no. If you're praying in faith, you pray at one time, you leave it and walk away. Well, maybe. I, let me tell you something. I bug him all the time, right? <laughs> and, and it's all right. He's a big God. He can handle it, right? Now look what happens. Now whose peace were we going to get? His peace. And God's peace. Verse 7, I love it. He said, look, if you'll do verse 6, then this is what I'll do in verse 7. He said, God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Now, the word soul in the Greek is suke. It means, it's where we get the term psyche. So that which pertains to your thoughts, your minds, uh, your, your mind. So think about it. It's, it's the peace that allows, it's a tranquil state that allows your mind to be assured of, a, of its salvation. The word for salvation is sozo. It doesn't just mean punching your ticket to heaven. Uh, yes, that is part of our salvation. We do have a wonderful eternal abode that is with him, and I've got loved ones that are there. Uh, however we perceive and conceive heaven to be, that's where I got a lot of loved ones, and the day will come, I'll be with them. But until then, I can still experience salvation right here on earth and part of that salvation, it means sozo in the Greek. It means uh, wholeness, completion, well-being, wholeness of mind, body, spirit, prosperity in life. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about, you know, there's a lot of things money can't buy, but I can experience it. Why? Because of my sozo, my salvation. So God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a mind assured of its wholeness. God didn't give us the, the, the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace. Now that's some peace. 
Paul even said it. Paul said, I, I've, learned to, to, I've learned to be content in any situation. That was when he was getting to hang out with the mucky mucks in life or when he was like actually sitting in prison. He was content. Why? Because he had the peace of God. It says, that peace which transcends all understanding. I love it. His peace doesn't make sense. You should be freaking out. You should be full of anxiety. You should feel out of control. Why? Because some crazy things are happening in your life. Yet if you do verse 6, if you just take it to him, hold your peace, remain calm, and take it to him, he promised in his word, hey, I'm going to give you a peace that doesn't make sense. I know you should be freaking out, but you're still at peace. You're still at peace. I watched my mom encounter it when my brother passed. My brother passed at 45 years old. The hardest thing I ever had to do was to walk my mom down the aisle at the beginning of that funeral. And she even told me, she said, how, how am I going to do this? I said, I don't know, mom, one step at a time. Let's go. And I watched two songs into it. I watched my mom stand up and raise her hands and begin to worship the Lord. Uh, and just big old tears streaming down and the biggest smile on her face. She, she was the most peaceful looking woman in the whole room. And it was her son who was laid out in front of her. Why? It was that peace. She took it to God. And he gave her that peace that, you know what? I know this hurts and it doesn't make sense, but I'm going I'm to give you peace and it's going to be okay. It says that that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why does he want to, why does he want to guard your heart with that peace? Bible says, guard your heart for out of it is the wellspring of life. Why? Because that's where we believe. It says, if you, though, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he died and rose again, that he was resurrected, that he is Lord, that, hey, you're, you'll, you'll encounter the sozo, the salvation. So he's going to protect not only your mind, your thoughts, but he's going he's to protect where, the cradle of where you believe, with your, where your faith comes from with this peace. Now, if you do verse 6, he'll do verse 7, and he says, if you want to maintain that peace, thus the word abiding peace, the peace that maintains, it's this, verse 8. For the, for the rest, or in other words, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worth, worthy of praise, think on and weigh on and weigh and take account of these things or fix your mind on them. Some translations say to meditate on these things. That goes against the grain of what sells commercial time on TV, doesn't it? You know, I, I, you know, I worked 25 years in television. And I always felt bad for, because there's a lot of good men and women that are, that are journalists, that are reporting. I always feel bad because these good men and women will report on things, but yet you've got some companies that own, <laughs> you know, own some of the news outlets, and they understand, uh, you know, Ken, you, you know this, you're familiar with this term. Ken, Ken is in uh, journalism and, and broadcast. Uh, you'll, you'll know this term. If it, if it bleeds, it leads. That's what we always said. If it bleeds, it leads. Why? Because that's what gets, you know, the way we are wired, I don't know why it is within our society, we are attracted to the negative, right? 
You know, you never say, you never hear next. You know, coming up next on the news, 2,300 planes landed successfully delivering their passengers to their destinations. You know, but you let it say, next on the news, fatal, fatal plane crash in Washington State. Maybe, oh, hang, hang, hang on. You know, you never, you never hear, you know, on today's news, four billion people successfully woke up, lived their life, and fell asleep in great health. But man, they start quoting, you know, pandemic casualties. It's, oh, hang on, hang on, let me turn it on, let me turn it on simmer over here, let me watch the news, you know. Why? It's, it, there's something about the way our society, and yet here it is, it, no wonder we're not full of peace, you know? Be, because, because we, you know, on Facebook or, or any social media site, how is it that we go from reading about atrocities that may be taking place in the Middle East and with two scrolls, we're looking at like who's eating what tonight and then two more scrolls, happy kittens, and then two more scrolls, uh, human trafficking. It's just, it's just all blurs together, you know? It's, and yet the word of God said, hey, all this good stuff that's taking place all around you, meditate, fix your mind on that. He's not saying to, to, to bury your head in the sand and not be aware of what's taking place in the world and not being active and not making a difference. But what you fix your mind on, what you think about the most. Why? Because the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. So if we can think on the goodness that God has placed all around us every day, you get to maintain his peace that he's given you. It abides with you. The Lord challenged me this year. It was New Year's Eve. He challenged me. He said, Dave, going into this year, every day you're going you're gonna to sit down. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to sit down and you're going to type out 10 things that you want to give me praise for, 10 things that you're thankful and grateful for, starting tonight. So start at New Year's, New Year's night. And, and I've, I've lost track. So I'm, 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 I'm getting close, getting close to 2,000 items that every day I've done it. And, and there, I've gotten busy some days, all of a sudden I wake up the next day and go, oh, I didn't do it yesterday, so I, that day I come up with 20 things, <laughs> you know? But, but I'm, I'm coming up on 2,000, 2,000 things that I've been able to praise God for. And it has changed my mindset this year, coming out of uh, the, 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 uh, some, some challenging two years of my life. All of a sudden, I'm, what, what do I have to complain about, you know? It's, it's just now April. I'm coming up on 2,000 things, you know, and it's not even an exhaustive list. It's just 10 things that, that hit me first thing in the morning. 10 things I can praise God for. What's it doing? It's helping me to maintain the peace that he's promised me, you know. Are there moments I want to give it away? Sure. <laughs> Out of habit. I'm trying to change these fleshly habits, you know, but the Lord is changing me. Let's all stand real quick. So what I want you to do, I want you to as the musicians come, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And now you can do this. Say, well, you've got to understand I'm wired a certain way. I'm just fidgety. Um, I, I just tend to be nervous. No, look, the Lord wouldn't ask you to do something that you're not able to do, right? You, you, you do what you can in the natural. He'll add his super to your natural, and you'll have a supernatural encounter, right? So I want everyone to say this. You're going to repeat after me. This is your prayer. 
And this is how I want you to pray throughout the week about peace. I want you to say, self, I no longer give you permission to freak out and be afraid and to be unstable. Lord Jesus, I refuse to worry or have anxiety about anything. I bring my situation to you and I am so grateful, Lord, you hear my prayer and help me to remain in your peace and help me to enjoy your presence in every circumstance of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Someone worship him for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.